Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. For the last couple years at Taylor Automall, we've been searching for the best loyalty program for our customers. While I'm more than proud to announce our partnership with Canada's most recognized loyalty program, the Air Miles Reward Program. You can now get Air Miles Reward Miles on new and used eligible purchases, finance and insurance products, service parts, accessories, and more. You heard it right, we now offer Air Miles. Taylor Automall and Air Miles, together we will take you anywhere. Terms and conditions apply. Please contact us for more details. And welcome to uh, 15 Minutes With, brought to you by the Taylor Auto Mall. And I'm thrilled to have my uh, friend Gord Sinclair in this afternoon. Hey, Kim, how and are you? Man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for doing this. It I, is uh, absolutely my pleasure. Yeah. It's a cold day out there anyway. It is. Yeah. 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 This is our, our new studio. and uh, Fantastic spot. Yeah. Yeah. With the window on the street and Fantastic. people pressing their faces up. Watch this. Yeah. Watch the colorful characters <laughs> walk by in Queen Street. I love it. So, uh, um Taxi Dancers. Yeah. Uh, new album. Yeah. Coming out. Yeah. Uh, you wrote it, uh, co-produced with John. John Angus. John Angus for The Truce. John Angus McDonald, yeah. Um, you know, so it, it comes out now. It, that just didn't just happen. Yeah. It, it's obviously been quite a journey from 2017 to yeah. sitting down and writing and, 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 and everything that goes into making an album. Yeah, man. It's Can been, you give us a snapshot into. Yeah. It, well, it's like. Um, Working with the hip all these years, you know, we got into this really pretty comfortable routine, like this kind of two-year album cycle where we would, you know, write a record, record a record, go on the road and tour a record for, you know, six, eight months type of thing, take a little break, and then repeat. And we were, yeah. we've been doing that since, yeah. really, since we were kids, like You guys used to time it around so you could play a little bit of golf, too. That's right. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> it's, it's odd how that worked out, you know. And, and we, you know, we would incorporate the winter tour, you know, back when we were younger. Because that was, you know, no one was going on the road in January and February. So, you know, we kind of put the, you know, put that cart together and stuff. And anyway, I found myself, you know, become a big part of my, my, my clock, my, my, you know, and I... I with Gord dying and stuff, I mean, it was really, really tough. You know, not yeah. only have, you know, we lost a friend, uh, you know, and a, a colleague and stuff, but you begin to realize, and I, be, I began to realize, like, wow, I've, I kind of, I've lost my creative outlet, you know, and that that's real as an artist. That's a real draw. You feel compelled to do something. He was the catalyst? Of- it was just, it was just, we would gotten into that routine that, you know, it was like, okay, time to make another record, time to make another record. And, and you, I, you know, you, always trying to be creative and trying to write and play every day and, and stockpiling ideas. And, and I, I've been, I've never really stopped writing, but then you, you, you begin to realize like, wow, now I don't have a outlet for that. No, yeah. I'm never, it's never going to get put down on tape anywhere type of thing. So it started to make me think, and I've never really aspired to be a solo artist. I never wanted to put a solo record out while I was with the guys. Cause my focus was always on, getting tunes to Gord and, and, and the rest of the boys and developing songs as the hip. And I would imagine when you're writing a song in a group like the hip mm-hmm. with your friend, with your brothers, yeah. basically um, you lean on people and you bounce things off. Is, oh. So when you, so when you do this on your own, is there, is there a, is there a sort of a sense of vulnerability uh, that you don't have the, or, or do you still bounce? Yeah, ideas off guys, no, off guys? no. That was the funny thing about it is that, uh, so we got to the point with the hip, 
you know, in the, you know, around the, the turn of the last decade, 2010, 2011, we, we kind of changed about our songwriting style and it was getting harder and harder for us to get together and write as a group, you know, just with families yeah. and life gets in Logistics. the way. So we were, we, we were more in the, in the, the headspace where we would, you know, Gord would ask, yeah, just give me a song idea. Give me whatever you're working on. And I'll, if I got something for it, then, yeah. you know, that's the way to start it. And we made a couple records that way. And I found myself with an increasingly large backload of song ideas. And some of which I got really attached to. I, so I kind of kind of went back to when we'd started the band and I started trying to finish them off myself. So how, how far back did some of these songs go? The oldest, the oldest in this collection is probably around 2013, wow. 2014. You know, uh, I got to the point, you know, working with Gord for as long as I did, you know, he sets a pretty high bar on the, you know, the lyrical front, yeah. you know, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not going to write yummy, yummy. I've got love <laughs> in my tummy, you know, and get away with it. You know, <laughs> And, but I, I started, you know, I, we were taking longer breaks, off the road and and I, I just I've just always loved it as a creative outlet. So and then I started, you know, I put together uh, the, the early song for this package was from like I say 2014. It was you know it was the first song where I really felt that okay, I've got something really good here, something really cool, you know. <laughs> and me. no worries. And so it was yeah, and then uh, and again, I'd never aspired this is before Gord's diagnosis and stuff and then you know, you know here I am, you know. <laughs> Okay. Um, so with there, what there are ten songs on on yeah, this album. Yeah. How many songs did you actually? How, how many do you start with to get down to ten? Yeah, I mean, I had a whole, I had a whole pile of <laughs> material together. Um, like I say, I've been writing kind of nonstop for just my whole career. But uh, that was where where my friends John Angus McDonald and James McKenty really came in to play. You know, I, I played a bunch of tunes for them and really kind of leaned on them creatively, like. Basically asking, like, do I have enough material for a record here? Do I have a record here? Is this going to be any good? And how can I make it better? Yeah. You know, which is kind of what we used to go through with the hip. You know, you when I was writing with the hip, you never really would <coughs> kind of finish a song on your own. You know, you would, you know, you'd, you'd bring it to the guys and yeah. you knew the guys would make it better. So I'm a big believer in that, in that, uh, that collaborative process that, that songwriting is. And, and, uh, really wasn't until about this time last year I wrote a song, uh, uh, called in the next life, which I think you're yeah. going to play. Yeah. That uh, I decided now that was the time to make this record. You know that I, I had collected enough songs, kind of dealing with this theme of love and loss, that it would make a a, a cool record. You know, like a, a you know a, a, an artistic <coughs> statement, an overarching. Statement. Love the love the both those. I mean, the, the the backup vocals are haunting. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, that's Colin McDonald from the Trues and and Emily Fennell. Uh, yeah, making Beautiful. making me sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you recorded it at home. Yeah. Uh, why not the bathworks? Well, the, the bathhouse has been, <coughs> it's been really super busy. Uh, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to go about us really, really slowly. And, and, and so we did it over three uh, weekends last summer, you know, a couple, three weeks apart. And, uh, my buddy James has a great studio in, in Peterborough and he literally would load up his truck, bring all his gear down, would set it up in my dining room <laughs> and, and, you know, just, Make Sunday dinner interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it, man. It, it, it was kind of like you know, uh, you know, we, one weekend we tracked all the drums and the bass and stuff, and you know, we barbecuing and having a couple beers and 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 just you know, doing it super casual. Cool, you know. So it was a fun way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, when you started, did you? I mean, this is a silly question, perhaps, but 
Did you start with the idea that this was going to be an album or were you just recording and it morphed into an album? No, I had already decided this is what we were going to do. You know, like I have, I have a studio in my house, in my basement, like a, 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 a Pro Tools rig where yeah. I can do my own demos and stuff. But this, this required, you know, really diving in with both feet, you know, and, and, and getting them proper sounds and, and putting a band together and learning the tunes and, and performing the tunes and stuff like that How rather long? than... How long is the process? Of- well, it really, it was, it was three, three day sessions. Really? So yeah, it didn't take very long. I mean, you know, I, again, I'm working with Chris Gormley drummed. He, he's playing with the trues these days. John Anx is a great player and it, you know, my, my youngest son, Elliot played piano there. I just worked with great musicians yeah. um, and it was kind of like, oh, cool. And everyone, everyone brought so much to the project. They brought their own creativity to it. I'm going to go back to the hip for a sec. Yeah. I just saw that your old house on Churchill Crescent was for sale Yeah, and sort of brought back memories. And I was trying to think of when, you and I first met, and I think it was probably either 1974 or 75 yeah. in grade school. You guys went to Winston, Winston Churchill, Winston and I was Churchill. at Cathedral. But I always knew Rob, and you were his neighbor. And uh, you guys were, have been together s- since those days, yep. uh, playing together yep. in bands. What was your first band, by the way? First band yeah. was when we were at KCVI, uh, back when we were going yep. there together. And we were we were, we were were Rick and the Rodents. Rick and the Rodents, okay. Yeah, yeah Rick I and Curry so. Drummond yep. And, yep. and Andrew Grenville playing guitar, yep. me on bass, and and and, and Robbie. It was kind of like just one of those things. I think and John playing. Easterbrook, right? Was John yeah, John Easterbrook yeah. played. That was our, that was the first incarnation yep. of it. He was singing. Um, yeah. That was probably going back to grade 10, sort of one of those things where Robbie's like- a party at my old house. That's right. Energy one night. Yeah. yeah. Robbie said, you're the bass player. And so we were, we were like a little punk band. So- You've been together that long, and then you meet meet Gord. You meet Gord in high school. Yeah. Everybody knew John Philip Fay f- yep. forever. Yep. How do you guys like? You know, you and I have a lot of the same friends from high school who I see and still talk to a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we don't. We're not business partners. We don't go on the road together. How did you keep from killing each other? Well, it's the great being thing together of, that long. Yeah, I mean, that's the real test of any band, uh, especially in Canada. I mean, that the drives in between gigs when you're when you're taking it across the country. I mean, there are there's a lot of stinky feet in the van together for a long <laughs> yeah. time, you know. And I think the fact that we were buds to begin with really made a huge difference. You know, we had a lot in common musically. You know, this is going back to a time like it's really interesting. There are a lot more younger groups starting at the high school level than there was back when yep. we were at KCBI. Like it was, it was our band and it was Gordon, uh, Gordon's band, the Slinks. The Slinks, yeah. yeah. And with the Holy Brothers. And then, you know, once we got to university, it, it kind of made sense that we would gravitate towards each other. And we had, you know, we, we, we listened to the same kind of music. We loved sitting around and talking about music. And that just sort of extended into, you know, a two-hour band trip to a four-hour to a 16-hour band trip, you know, and just listening to tunes and laughing and writing. And there are always moments, right? But the great thing about being in a band is it, it's kind of like being in a family when, you know, there's already some, always someone that's a little on the downside, you know, missing home or whatever. Sure. But, you know, everyone always lifts you up, you know. And, yeah. and the cool thing about it, like we had some gigs back when we were kids, you know, like Tuesday night in Kenora when nobody's there and you're wondering what you're doing. And, and you know, by the time you've driven a half an hour down the road, you've, you've got it all worked out. It's an us versus them kind of, you know, philosophy. And it was great. It was, we were really buoyed by each other's friendship. Is that same opportunity here today for, for, for young bands? And I ask that because I see that you're, you have approached the heritage minister yeah. about to sort of preserve and protect uh, venues yeah. across the country. Yeah. Is, is, are we at a, are, are we in trouble of losing? Yeah, I think, I, I think we, we really are. I mean, certainly in, in the downtown cores of the major centers, a lot of those old venues, uh, especially venues where 
artists cut their teeth, you know, playing their first few gigs. They're getting eaten up just by urban growth. You know, they're the blocks are being torn down, high rises are going up. And it's also not everyone's first choice for entertainment anymore. You know, people have gotten into a habit of listening to music on their phones and stuff mm. like that. They they don't they were maybe losing and we're in danger of losing an appreciation of how great live music is yeah. number one but how great canadians are at it um and we're kind of a living example of that and that and the i would i would argue that it extends into the comedy business as well i mean this is a tough country to tour as a as a an emerging artist and you gotta there's not enough gigs never been enough gigs so you have to take the show on the road and you know at some point driving from north bay to kenora you either get start to get better and get committed to doing this full time or you, or the band breaks up, you get, you hang yeah. it up. And that's why over the years you, you, you tour this country at, at, and especially at the, the fledgling level, when you're playing these crap gigs with nobody at them, you're, you're committed to your art and it, it this country makes you a better band. And then somewhere along the way, from a cultural perspective and a heritage perspective, you begin to realize that, that, there's a lot of nice, there's a lot of great people in this country. We have more in common with each other than we, that we have that oh, separates us, totally you agree. know, yeah. and you got to get out of Ontario to appreciate yeah. that. And that's what our artists reflect back to us. And a lot of our comedians reflect back to us. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a big reason why there's so many fantastic comedians uh, from Canada living and working down in LA because they're, you know, they're taking the show on the road too. And, and they got it really harder than a, than a rock group because, you know, they got to drive this on their own. They got to get yeah. the, you know, they got to get to Winnipeg and then, okay, go be funny. You know? Well, and I think we are a funny culture. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cause you, you, that's part of what you learn. Like you, you know, you, and what we learned, I mean, Johnny was a great catalyst for humor within our band. You know him well oh, enough. Yeah. He's a yeah. funny oh, guy. Absolutely. I always was. And, and it, 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 if you're not going to be quick. light about it. it Lightning can be, quick. Yeah. It can be, it can be really heavy, you know, the road. And, and you notice that with a lot of musicians whose paths you cross with, like everyone's, Everyone's got that story about being snowed in on the rock, you know. Everyone's got the story about the shit gig where no one came, you know. And and it's kind of cool. You begin to laugh at yourself. But also, everyone's got that story about, you know, you seeing the northern lights in the prairies for the first time, you know, or the you know the, the majesty of driving across the Rockies and stuff. And that that sinks into your your soul. And and so I I, I am hoping to speak to. Uh, in fact, I've, I'm in the process of putting together an appointment with him in the next couple of weeks. Because it's more than just digital culture in this can in this country, and that live music culture is really, really important. And it was really driven home to me just you know a couple of weeks back with Neil Pert passing. Yeah. My first show at the Jockhart area, and I'm sure you were there too, because that was a big deal. And before Absolutely. you know, before MTV and much music oh. and all that stuff, this is your chance and to the, see them play. The Jock was such a great building oh. because the the acoustics in that building were perfect, so wicked. Yeah. You know, just with the bleachers just on the one side. Yeah. And I remember my. I, I can still feel my jaw hitting the floor. The, you know, when they, I think they opened up with Bastille day and I was, I was hooked like five minutes into it. You know, <laughs> like, it was just like, wow, this is looking wicked. Sorry. I'm going to silence. Yeah, that. sure. Yeah. 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 Gord, uh, Gord's just uh, silencing his uh, phone <coughs> while I keep coughing. <laughs> it's, uh, it's his manager. Yeah. It's actually John Angus. <laughs> you know, that's how we get it. <laughs> yeah, the trues are calling me. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hey, man. <laughs> um, when did you realize you were famous? I asked Paul this question. <laughs> um, I still quite. I, I don't think I've actually realized it yet, or or I don't really even consider it. Again, I've always made Kingston my home. 
Um, and that's the great thing about living here. You know, you're, you're here with folk and you do know everybody and, and it keeps you, I've always, <coughs> I've always felt really grounded living here. You know, I just, I, I, I love being here and stuff. And, um, you do on occasion, like when we've been on the road and certainly that last tour that we did, uh, you really get a sense of what the music that the group put together and, uh, and, 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 and yeah, what it meant to people, um, on an emotional level, oh, on a personal level, you yeah. know, and, and that's a real rewarding thing. You know, that's something I really, I, I, I will never, uh, never take for granted and <coughs> totally appreciate about our fans. Well, pro you know? Probably the most iconic night in the history of this country, probably or one of, you know, yeah, it, it was quite an experience. Some really something to be involved with, you know, um, and, and people still come up and, and, reminisce about where they were and, 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 and what was going on at that time. And that's a great thing. You yeah. know, that's a really great thing. That's to me, again, that, that speaks uh, a, a cultural moment and heritage. Well, moment. It's one of those few moments in Canadian history where people will know where they were that night. Yeah. They did that night. And I, yeah. and I think that's, that's important. And unless we, unless we do uh, as a, as, as a society, as a culture, as, as Canadians, unless we try to preserve that culture that we have, we're in danger of losing it. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, digital culture i think it's great you know and whatever canadians can do to trans you know to export what they do worldwide it's a fantastic thing but i think before you get famous or get heard in la or brussels or wherever it is i think it's really important that a kid from st john's can be heard in victoria and vice versa and everybody in between and the kids from way up north and none of it and and equality can come down here and be heard. And so we can understand each other better. And, and cause we're all, you know, we got to pull on the oars together here. I know that I read somewhere that you were talking about, uh, you guys thought about a foray into the United States and that you realized you were a Canadian band writing about Canadian things and may not play uh, yeah. well in the States. Did you become more Canadiana after when you came to that wine, the road? Yeah. I mean, I think we, I think we were, we always had that urge within us, but we were, we were originally signed out of the United States, you know, our first uh, four or five records, we were, were with uh, New York based record companies. And, uh, you know, when we got a you know, we got a lot of confusion and I wouldn't say flack, but they, 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 didn't get a lot of our stories. Like, and they, we know our, our, they would, our artist and repertoire person would let us know that, you know, writing songs about somebody named Tom Thompson and, and, and Bill Barilko, Bill Barilko and stuff that wasn't going to play at radio in, in Austin, Texas. And, you know, can you change Bill Barilko to Mickey Mantle? And and that's yeah. what they, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I remember we were going to originally called, we wanted to call our road apples record, Saskadelphia. Cause we thought that would be a, you know, just a, sure. a laugh. And that went over like a <laughs> fart in a spacesuit for our American label. You know, they were just like, nah, that ain't going to do it. And then we came back to them with road apples. And of course them being Americans, they didn't know what the hell that was. And he was even more Canadian like reference than, so anyway, we we pulled that off and it's just, yeah, it's just a funny business. And it, it kind of speaks to the whole Netflix thing in this culture where they, it's great that they do a lot of filming and stuff in Toronto and I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but it's not like they're telling people they're filming in Toronto. They're pretending it's oh, sure. yeah. any town yeah, yeah. in the USA, any, absolutely. you know, yeah. and that was important to us. And then, you know, that Barilco reference is really quite apt because I mean, if that had actually happened in the United States and it was a, <coughs> it was a rookie ball player for the Yankees that hit a grand slam that won the world series, 
they would have made a movie about it. You know, it would have been, yeah. you know, Robert Redford would have played the kid if he disappeared <laughs> in a plane crash right after. And, and it took, you know, I've, I've said it in the press, it took a goofy little band like us from Kingston that knew that story that kind of resurrected that myth. Yeah. And that's a great Canadian story. Was it? Yeah. I remember as a kid, it was, it was a, oh. a haunting story. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. My, 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 my dad recounted the story to me too. You know, and there were so many rumors about, uh, you know, he was a gold smuggler. He was this, he was that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Lots yeah. of, yeah, 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 exactly. And that, and that's, those are the, those are the great stories. And the, the, you know, the, the legend of Tom Thompson, another great Canadian story, like was he murdered? What, what were the circumstances yeah. behind his disappearance? And of course the legacy that he left behind and, the legacy that that Bill Barocco left behind. And we had a great opportunity with uh, uh, when we opened the 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 rink in Mississauga, um, where where Mr. Cherry's team used yeah, yeah. to play. And and Mr. Cherry brought down um, Bill Barocco's sister to to meet us when we played that gig. And it was really it was a very profound moment. I remember it. She was just a lovely, lovely lady, you know. And we had a great talk about what that story meant to her and what it meant to be able to see his banner up in the up in the air canada center and that's all tribute to 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 bill had not really little to do with us we just kind of maybe retold the story in a different context you know We're talking about athletes and stuff you know, athletes uh have in season like bands tour yeah. uh then they have an off season they train they they go to training camp technically as a musician uh what, what do you do to prepare? Like, are you, are you, are you a better bass player now than you were 20 years ago? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, very much. So we, it's, it's something that we always toyed, uh, the, as an idea. Um, and sadly with Gordon out here, it'll never come to fruition, but we always thought, wouldn't it be great to kind of go back and, and revisit our first couple records now that we actually know what we're doing, you know, as opposed to just like, you know, wow, it's as close as we're going to get. Let's call that the master take, you know, and really, yeah. And it, it would have been fun. It would have been a fun project to undertake because you, because you do get better. Like I'm, I was the bass player in a band playing with the same drummer for 40 years, you know? So Johnny and I can musically finish each other's sentences. Oh, I know sure. what he's going to do yeah. and he knows what I'm going to do before I know what I'm going to do. Cause the bass player and the drummer work yeah, together. We just yeah. follow each other, yeah. you know, and, 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 and that's a great, that's a great communication, um, that, that I miss with the guys. I really, really, really do. And, and, um, and I really felt like we, you know, yeah, we got better and better as time went on. You know, I'm just going to take a break uh, because we're going to try for in the second segment. We'll talk to Gord a bit more, and then uh, we're going to try to put uh, the two songs uh, from from the album. But we'll be right back, and after this word from the Taylor Automall. For the last couple of years at Taylor Automall, we've been searching for the best loyalty program for our customers. Well, I'm more than proud to announce our partnership with Canada's most recognized loyalty program, the Air Miles Reward Program. You can now get Air Miles Reward Miles on new and used eligible purchases, finance and insurance products, service parts, accessories, and more. You heard it right. We now offer Air Miles. Taylor Automall and Air Miles. Together, we will take you anywhere. Terms and conditions apply. Please contact us for more details. Pretty nice spot, man. It is. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back. This is a great spot. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're here in the studio. Folks, if you haven't seen it, we're at the corner of Queen and Baggett in the old Seaway building. Have this new podcast studio, which is uh, bigger than the broom closet we used to be in and has a, a, a big bay window onto the street and looking at Anna Lane and yeah, uh, awesome, Queen man. Street. And, awesome. Yeah, you yeah. put a recording studio yeah. in here. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we could. Is that <laughs> the band? Might, that's a good yeah. idea. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> You're going on the road with the truce. Yeah. 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 Uh, where, what, where are you going? Well, we're going to, uh, we're, we're, we're starting in Meaford, uh, next Friday, next Thursday night. Um, 
which I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a little show in Kingston, uh, just to, just a block down here at, uh, at something else records on Wednesday. Uh, James and I are just going to play acoustically just as a, as a record launch and, you know, encourage people to support your local music retailer out there, folks. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great store, great people that run it. And, and it's a great way to listen to your music. Uh, can't listen on your phone. You got to have a record player, but uh, get yourself a record player and you'll, you'll, you'll I never buy my back. son, buy my son read a turntable for Christmas. There you go, yeah. man. There's yeah. nothing like it. I mean, yeah. sonically it's, it's just the way to do it. Do you want to talk about the, the two songs that we've, we've got, uh, sure. what they're about? Uh, first of all, um, it's already too late. Uh, love the song. And as oh, I said, cool. the backup with Emily doing the backup vocals, yeah, uh, it's very, very, uh, very cool. Very haunting. Very, yeah. It's, it's yeah. haunting. Thanks. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, that's a, that's a song you could, you could take in a number of different ways. It's, but it's like, it's like a, it's like a, the loss of any loved one, whether it's in a relationship that didn't work out or, uh, you know, someone passes, um, you know, it, relationships like anything, it's something you have to always work on. And whether you're in a band or a romantic relationship, you, you know, communication is always the key, you know, and uh, uh, if you run out of things to say to each other, or you're not pulling your weight yeah. in terms of the, the, the no. conversation side of things, then, <clears throat> then you got a problem, you know, and, and that's what I tried to, to, to reflect in that and the you know the other the other side of it too is uh you know as as we found out you know w- with losing gourd and stuff like that i mean we we always worked real hard uh, on our relationship within the band it wasn't always easy you know yeah. well, we're, it's a close we talked about it earlier i mean yeah. together for so long i mean close quarters yeah. you know um yeah. um but you know when we found out uh he he was sick you know we had a lot of time with him and 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 you, you go through a lot of memories and and he was always he was a great man and he was always a great communicator he was uh, he would never leave something unsaid uh and and i'm glad we had those yeah. moments with each other you know and certainly towards the end you know he was a creative guy and a and a and a loving guy right to the very end you know and and that's a that's a good way to approach uh life in general you know it's like one of those don't forget to phone your mom type of things you know it's an important thing yep. yep yeah so that's kind of what i tried to do in the song in in a couple of verses and a couple of choruses <laughs> and then in the next life yeah that was that that's the song i that's the among the newer songs uh for this record i i wrote it about a year ago um and it's after after uh it came Real quick, I, I, I was really blocked up lyrically for a while trying to express how I was feeling about uh, Gord's death. And um, and then, quite sadly, a year ago at Christmas, we lost uh, uh, another brother of ours, a guy named Dave Powell, who was our first road manager. You yeah, remember I Dave. remember Dave, yep. Yeah, absolutely. great, great yep. guy. And he hadn't been with us for a number of years. He, he moved back to Thunder Bay, but he was a big part of our youth and a big part yeah. of the... He was Mr. Organizer, band. right? Like yeah, he, he was our guy. He yeah. was our first road manager. Yeah. He was the sixth guy. The sixth, he was like Alice with the Bradys almost. Totally. Like, yeah. He was that, that sixth pair of stinky, yeah. stinky feet in the yeah. band for, for 10, 15 years. Um, he died very suddenly over over Christmas and and and... I'm thinking about him and thinking about Gord. This this song came to me really quickly on a on a February night. You know, just thinking about those two guys and thinking about life and death and love for sure. And uh, and you know, and and sort of the the end of youth type of thing. Um, and that's when I you know after I finished writing this song, that's when I got on the phone with John Angus and James and basically said, you know, I think I got I think I got enough. I got a theme for this record. And it, it, it's something that means something to me that I, that I have to 
I have to see it through to the end, you know, and that's sure. an yeah. image I've always had in the back of my head. You know, the, I always hear, and I've said this before, I always hear Gord's, Gord's voice in the back of my head saying, you know, walk like a matador. Don't be a chicken shit, <laughs> you know, and it basically do it, yeah. use it up. Don't, yeah. don't leave it unsaid, say it and, and do it and get on with it. Did you, did you collaborate with, with John? Uh, on, no, this no. Is, the, the compositions are Com all mine. Okay. Um, uh, but the, the great thing about working with a creative guy like John Anders, um, <laughs> he brought so much to the project. Like when, when you're sitting at home writing on your own without the, the advantage of, of working with the guys in the hip um, and having someone to bounce ideas off of, that became for me for this project, James and John Angus. And, and I went right to them and we don't have any ego between us, which is great. And as a songwriter, it's great to get that feedback where someone can say, this is too long, this is too short. What about this? What about that? What about yeah. changing the key? That kind of thing. And it's, it's an important part of the collaborative process. Has your songwriting process changed since you've lived, since the since the hip yeah it's a it's a it's a funny thing man like when we first put the band together it was you know we were we were a cover band as you remember playing yeah. playing the, the monkeys and tavern doing yeah. the monkeys the lakeview man <laughs> yeah. and you know we were the monkeys um, <laughs> those and, were great nights but you know and then it was one of those things where you know it was someone you know i throw out a song like hey i've got a song and then we play it and then and then rob and gord have a song and then we play it and you realize like wow yeah we're we're going to be an original band here. And so first couple records, you know, you're kind of writing together and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden you get to the point where, you know, you're not finishing your own songs anymore because you know, the band's going to make it a better song, you know, and Gord started to write all our lyrics, uh, after, after road apples. Cause you know, he was just so good at it. Yeah. You know, he had, yeah. he, and he, and he just, he was writing, writing poetry all the time. And, and, and so we, we just got into this thing where like, you know, I would come up, you didn't have to write a song. You just come up with a riff and th show the riff to the guys. And then someone else would have a cool part. And that's how we did it. Then slowly over time, life being what it is, we, you know, you, things begin to change. And we were kind of writing more apart towards the latter, you know, the, the latter half of the first decade of this century. And, and now I find myself back to where I started writing songs really? by myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's so funny it's how things life has come full yeah, circle artistically. Full circle. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, well, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, can't complain. I I uh, can't tell you how thrilled I am that you've uh, given me the time to do this. Oh and man, I know it's, our listeners are. Yeah, um, fuck. I, I sorry. Oops. No, it's uh, okay. You can you can say fuck on me. Oh, I can say fuck. Yeah, on yeah. You. Once. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. Um, no, it's it. Yeah, it's my pleasure to do it, man. I just appreciate your time more. Well, right. uh, it's uh, wonderful. And we're gonna uh, have the two songs um, uh, following. Uh, we're doing. I'll do another segment. Yeah. Uh, just to introduce them, but uh, we'll have. Uh, it's already too late. In the next life, and the album is being released next week. Correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Friday is the Friday is the official release day. Uh, but Kingston, being what it is, we're going to get it a couple days early in town. Actually, one more question. Just, yeah. uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. In your opinion, what is the health of the of of the music industry in Canada right now? It's it's still going through a bit of a transition. I would say um, it's it's like a lot of things. Uh, in the new digital economy, the music business is not that much different where you've got, you know, you got the big, big box store folks at the yeah. top of the heap, you know, uh, uh, and then there's not a lot of middle ground anymore, you know? And so you got a lot of young groups and a lot of older established groups really working hard to, to sell product and you know, people don't really buy what we're selling anymore. Uh, which is a real problem. Well, in the old days, it was the guys at the top that made the money and the artists that were the creators got ripped off. Yeah. 
Yep. Is it, is it, is that still, is that, I mean, it sounds, you know, it's still really hard as an artist yeah. to make dough and, and it's the guys at the top still yeah. stealing money. Yeah. It's, it's a little different now in the sense that the, you know, the, uh, the digital distribution, you know, Spotify and the streaming services that are available do give you a lot of access to music that you may not have encountered, uh, uh, you know, which is an amazing thing. The problem that I see with that, model is that if a young artist when you're up and coming if you don't get a glimmer of hope that you're going to be able to make a living doing this uh, and and be able to pay your rent yeah uh and and develop as an artist um like the hip are a good example i mean i don't think we really hit our stride in terms of becoming a, a really good band until you know our third fourth record you know and if younger artists don't have that opportunity to get that deep into their career, uh, uh, we're going to miss out on a lot of great art. You know, like like a, a really good example is like, where like where's the next Leonard Cohen going to come from? Mm. Where's the next Gordowney or yeah. Bob Dylan going to yeah. come from? You know, and um, we used to have a system with all the record labels competing against each other that they would have their share of pop artists and they were they would do well, but there were always artists like us further down on the label that were making good stuff and and they used to, the the old labels used to develop artists and that was a really good system now just sort of throwing everything into the into the waterfall and seeing which of the rubber ducks comes out the the end nine times out of ten it's going to be a big rubber duck yeah. you know that winds up uh, you know down at the Lachine Rapids you know and and that's just a great thing like Drake's done a, I love his work he's done an amazing thing for Toronto that's become the epicenter of of you know Canadian hip hop culture a lot of kids are coming to Toronto to work with them, which is a great thing. But I don't know how well that helps a young throat singer in quality sure, yeah. or a, you know, yeah. or a surf band or a punk band from Hamilton or a yeah. surf band from Victoria. Oh, you know? great punk bands came from Hamilton. Teenage yeah, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. man. And my observation with you guys is that you guys worked and worked and worked. And that, yeah. and so we're uh, key to success in, in that industry is. Yeah, that's right. Well, like really putting, the, the, putting the hours in. Absolutely. And the musician's best chance, uh, to to earn a bit of a living is is really back to back to the future uh, but it's it's getting out there and playing gigs you know and and, and bums in the seats yeah. and, and selling a couple beers and, and playing playing to the gang and list the letter kenny gang and list well that's yeah. it man and we and we learned it really early that uh you know we got to a point where we were starting to sell out shows and that was really really cool but we learned earlier on in our career that the it's it's way tougher to play in front of 10 people and keep them in the bar than it is to play in front of a sold out crowd. Sure. And that's, and that's the, that's the Canadian thing, you know? Yeah. Gordon. Thank you. Timmer. We'll Canadian see you, uh, brother. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you down the road. Buddy. See you down the road. Yeah. Get it back to work. <laughs>